Hey, listener, are you happy with your current chicken wings? Do you wish you had something a little saucier? If you answered yes, then it might be time for you to break up with your old chicken wings and get a new honey. Lemon pepper wing from Popeye's. Share the wings with your friends so they can see it's time to move on, too. Head to Popeye's and get six-piece honey lemon pepper wings for $5.99. At participating U.S. restaurants, price may vary. Remember the Thai cave rescue? What about the mission depicted in Black Hawk Down or the epic rescue shown in Captain Phillips? You've probably heard of all of these, but did you know that U.S. Air Force Special Warfare played a pivotal role in all of them? These airmen are the most highly trained warriors on the planet. Other forces like the SEALs and Army Rangers call on them to provide skills no one else can. Not many people make the cut, but if you think you can, visit AirForce.com to learn more. This is the Busted Open Podcast. You can listen to the full show Monday through Saturday from 9 a.m. to noon Eastern on Sirius XM Fight Nation Channel 156. Welcome to the Busted Open Podcast. This is Dave LaGreca. On today's episode, WWE Hall of Famer, TNA Hall of Famer, Bully Ray and I talk all about AEW Dynamite. That's right, Quake by the Lake. The main event for your AEW World Championship, your interim champion, John Moxley, and Lionheart, Chris Jericho. We talk about it. Plus, the surprise return of CM Punk and what this might mean for All Out. And September, plus, we get into the opening contest, coffin match between Darby Allen and Brody King, right now on the Busted Open Podcast. A pretty cool moment at the end of Dynamite last night, Bully. Yes, I thought it was a hell of a surprise that AEW gave us. Obviously, no leaks um, from the dirt sheets, no leaks on social media. As a matter of fact, when Punk came out last night, I said out loud, this is a cool surprise. Place went absolutely ballistic. Uh, good uh, good showing for Punk. I like the face-to-face at the end with Moxley. I loved Moxley flipping Punk off and just bumping him on the way out um, stuff like that, 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 that puts Moxley in a different light for me. He was like, yeah, you, you, you were a surprise. You came in, you did what you had to do, but I could care less about you. That, that reeked of black Blackpool combat club yes. mentality that reeked of what John Moxley, like anything that John Moxley has said or done actually got put in the put by the wayside last night for me just because of what he did with punk just by turning around so nonchalantly n- knowing that punk was standing there turning around so nonchalantly and before doing that he kind of even motioned to claudio like i got this don't worry about it i know he's behind me gets up turns around face to face flips him off bumps him on the way out not a little bump also he really gave him a good shoulder bump and punk did nothing to retaliate nothing which i was like hmm i don't necessarily know that i needed to i don't necessarily know that i needed to see uh a, a punch thrown but maybe get out of the ring and turn him back around or something and just let him know that you're there punk didn't do anything so moxley to me like took a significant step forward last night in that angle, that story, that battle that we're most likely going to get at all out up against CM Punk. Yeah. And and bully, there's a lot here because even last night watching it, 
and I tweeted, uh, I tweeted about it at the end of the show last night. But even as you're talking about it, bully, and you're describing what took place last night, I'm, I'm, I'm seriously physically getting excited for this matchup at All Out. This is how you build towards a major match. And bully, everything you said was a hundred percent correct. Moxley's on his knees. He's got his back turned you know, towards CM Punk. And Claudio's outside the ring trying to grab Moxley's attention to say, hey, Punk's behind you. And Moxley's like kind of do, like cutting him off, like going, like, dude, I know. Like, I, I, I get it. Like, stop. It's, it's no big deal to me. I know Punk's behind me, whatever. And then, like you said, he turns around. There's the little face-off. And, and Moxley just gives him the finger, like, fuck you, dude. Like, you know what? I'm holding on to this championship title. I'm the champion now. And then that shoulder bump as he walked by him, just like, get the fuck out of my way. Like, just, I punked him and then leaves the ring. Like you said, punked, no retaliation. Said nothing, didn't give him a glare, didn't turn around, didn't try to grab him. And then the big thing that I thought was pretty significant was Moxley and Claudio as they're going up the ramp, like, snickering at Punk. They're like looking back at Punk like, 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 who the hell is this guy? He's nothing. And then Punk is hopping on one leg like he's about to do the worm. Dude. Like, it, it was, it, it was, was, it was weird for me. Like, I mean, Moxley punked Punk last night. Yeah, he did. No, he, I mean, I'm thinking to myself, if that was me in the ring, let's say they had discussed the final moment where Moxley flipped him off and then and then shoulder bumped him. If I'm Punk, I would have been like, okay, well, let me retaliate by doing this a little bit or give, just let me get a little something on the back end also so I don't look like so much of a Punk. So if they discussed it and they decided that would be, I, I would have questioned it. Now, let's just say it happened on the fly. Let's just say Moxley did that, went, quote unquote, went into business for himself, flipped him off, and then, you know, shoulder chucked him. If I'm CM Punk, I'm getting right out of that ring. I'm spinning Moxley around. I'm flipping him back off and I'm shoulder tackling him. And then I'm sliding back in the ring and calling Moxley to come back. I'm doing something because Moxley really, really exposed Punk last night in my eyes. Listen, I thought the surprise was great. I thought Punk coming to the ring was great. I thought the response was great. I thought it was great to see CM Punk back on TV. Yada, yada, yada. But then you get into the moment. Moxley did not give a shit about Punk last night, and he showed you why. And Punk just let it happen. He did. I I, I can't disagree with you. And like he, he was doing the hop on his leg because to show the fans that hey, I'm healthy now. This leg isn't a problem. Look at me hop on the leg. If you're so healthy, do something back. Well, I, I mean, I, I'm gonna I'm gonna take a, a page out of your book, bully. Punk kind of chased the hug last night. He got in that ring. He heard the ovation from the crowd. And by the way, we'll we'll, we'll get into it. That crowd last night at Dynamite was like a dream pro wrestling crowd. I'm sure for you, Bully, as a performer, would love to be able to perform in a crowd like the one that we saw last night. I'll give I'll give my reasons why as we go along. But but he kind of chased a hug from that crowd last night. And listen, the crowd ate it up. They love to see Punk, which is going to be interesting to me leading up in what I'm guessing is going to be the main event at All Out in, in Chicago in September. Um. Moxley has been, to me, I've said it on this show, 
kind of the unofficial official face of AEW. That that AEW fan base loves that attitude and loves John Moxley. But man, it's like they almost forgot Moxley for a second when they saw CM Punk. It's like Moxley just had one of the better matches that he's had in AEW against Chris Jericho. They had a war. They gave that match a lot of time last night. That's something that we talked about the last time that we've seen a main event in AEW. And but it's like the crowd kind of just went, oh, my God, here's the new shiny toy. Here's CM Punk. That's our guy. It's going to be interesting how that crowd reacts to the two of them in the ring at All Out. The Punk surprise was so huge that I don't remember how Moxley went over on Jericho. I know Moxley beat Jericho. Remind me, did he pin him or did he tap him? No, uh, Jericho tapped. Okay. I didn't even remember that. Because rem- re- listen, what's the biggest lesson? One of the biggest lessons that we've ever learned from Vince Vince McMahon. The only thing they remember is the finish last night. And I'm not actually just talking about the finish of the match. Sometimes I'm talking about the actual last thing they see. The last thing that we saw last night was so impactful in my eyes that face to face with Punk and Moxley that I don't even remember that Jericho tapped out, which is masterful. Because if I can't remember that Jericho tapped out. I'm not going to remember that Jericho lost. Very Good use of smoke and mirrors and mental manipulation right there, whether that's what they meant to do or not, but it doesn't matter. Um, whenever I see moments like this with, uh, let, let's just say, a Moxie and a Punk, I think of a face-to-face between an Austin and a Rock. Would Austin, who's the Austin and who's the Rock in that scenario last night? I mean, I would probably have to say Moxley's the Austin, right? Okay. Would Moxley have ever allowed Punk to do to him what he did to Punk? No. No, but but you know what though? I could see The Rock kind of chased the I I remember there were certain times Rock would chase the hug. Punk chased the hug last night. Oh, Punk- but, but the hopping on the one leg and the chasing of the hug afterward I don't necessarily hate because sometimes it's just great to see uh, a star. That, it's like um, uh, it's like Paul Stanley and Kiss or any other lead singer, you know, when they split the crowd in half and, hey, which side can be louder? You know, that's kind of like chasing the hug or when Gene Simmons stands there, right, with his arms folded, just waiting for the people to, to scream as loud as they can before he plays God of Thunder and spits blood. That's kind of chasing the hug, too. I didn't mind. But 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 Claudio and Moxley are on the entrance ramp, like mocking Punk. My at- point is, I don't mind it if he would have done something okay. about getting punked out by Moxley. He did nothing. Nothing. If I'm a fa- if I'm a CM Punk fan, and th- there are grown men out there who sob when CM Punk comes to the ring. But bully, there were people in that crowd last night. When Punk came out, we're, we're hugging each other because they were so excited that Punk was back. That's my point. If yeah. I'm an uber Punk fan, like these people were fans that we're discussing right now, and I see Punk get flipped off and shoulder bumped and do nothing about it, I'm like, um, you're my hero. You just got punked out. Moxley just treated you like a bitch. Uh, are you going to do anything about it? No, I'm gonna hop on one leg. I'm I'm sorry, not for 
the, the character of punk that I have come to appreciate in AEW, I think should have done something. Am I saying that he should have turned Moxley around and dropped him with a punch? No. Am I saying he should have speared him? No. Am I, sh- am I saying he should have hit him with the go to sleep? No. He should have mirrored what Moxley did. When Moxley went to go walk out, when he chucked, he should have, Punk should have reached back, grabbed him, spun him around, and double flipped him off in his face. Bumped him and then went up to one of the, and then went up to one of the turnbuckles and, and got the people to go ballistic as he turned back around and pointed right at John Moxley. That's how you create moments. I, I I love the moment last night, but you know what it does do? Bully does two things. One, I have to tune into Dynamite next week to see what Punk has to say after that moment with Moxley last night. And we don't see this a lot, Bully, and I think you would agree. It's rare in pro wrestling now. We've had this discussion about superstars and certain superstars that sell tickets, a la Hogan did in the 80s and the 90s. This is a match that I have to buy a ticket to go and see. If you missed anything this week on Mad Dog Sports Radio, I got you covered. It's Mike Babchick's Morning After, where we play back the best clips of the week and recap in a way you have never heard before. It's a roast like no other, and no one is safe. Not Mad Dog, not anyone. This is a Morning After walk of shame you actually won't regret. You can find Mike Babchick's Morning After on Sirius XM, Pandora, Stitcher, or anywhere you get your podcasts. Don't forget to follow the show so you never miss an episode. The longest field goal ever attempted is 76 yards. The longest field goal ever missed? Also 76 yards. Why bring this up? Because knowing your limits matters, both when you're kicking a field goal and when you gamble. Betting more than you're comfortable with is like trying a 70-yard field goal. It probably won't go well. So set a limit when you gamble and stick to it. Want more helpful tips like this? Go to KeepItFunOhio.com for games, quizzes, and lots of ways to keep your gambling from getting out of hand. The best part of spring cleaning takeaway is the post-clean clarity you get. It's kind of like when you find out you've been paying a fortune for wireless when Mint Mobile has phone plans for $15 a month when you purchase a three-month plan. It's time to switch to Mint Mobile. All plans come with high-speed data and unlimited talk and text delivered on the nation's largest 5G network. Ditch overpriced wireless with Mint Mobile's limited-time deal and get three months of premium wireless service for $15 a month. To get this new customer offer and your new three-month unlimited wireless plan for just 15 bucks a month, go to mintmobile.com slash busted open. That's mintmobile.com slash busted open. Cut your wireless bill to 15 bucks a month at mintmobile.com slash busted open. $45 upfront payment required equivalent to $15 a month. New customers on first three-month plan only. Speed slower above 40 gigabytes on unlimited plan. Additional taxes, fees, and restrictions apply. See Mint Mobile for details. Warmer, sunnier days are calling. Fuel up for them with Factors, no prep, no mess meals. Meet your wellness goals in time for summer thanks to the menu of chef-crafted meals with options like Calorie Smart, Protein Plus, and Keto. Factors Fresh Never Frozen Meals are dietitian approved and ready to eat in just two minutes. So no matter how busy you are, you'll always have time to enjoy nutritious, great-tasting meals. 
With 35 different meals and more than 60 add-ons to choose from every week, you'll always have new flavors to explore. Crush your wellness goals this May with dietitian approved meals and ingredients that you can trust. Treat yourself to restaurant-quality meals that feature premium ingredients like filet mignon, shrimp, and blackened salmon. Head to Factormeals.com slash Busted50 and use code Busted50 to get 50% off your first box plus 20% off your next month. That's code Busted50 at Factormeals.com slash Busted50 to get 50% off your first box plus 20% off your next month while your subscription is active. Let's not forget the match that we saw between Moxley and Chris Jericho. And there's a lot to talk about in this match. I mean, we could do a whole show just on this match alone, because there's a lot. First of all, Bully, never going to get a complaint from me when you have Moxley and Jericho in the main event on free TV like we did last night for Dynamite. A well-worked match by two guys who get it. I I wasn't worried, but I was curious to see if Jericho was able to, at this stage of the game, work as Lionheart Chris Jericho, which he hasn't been in about, you know, 25, 30 years. Yep. You know, Lionheart, you know, the young version of Jericho, who at 25 years old could do all of the things perfectly. Last night, I think we got a good enough version of the Lionheart, if not a real strong version of the Lionheart. People were into the match. They were chanting, this is awesome. Fight forever. Guys put on a, a good match, good false finishes, good dips, good gear shifts in the match. I enjoyed it. A good match capped off by a very, very strong surprise at the end. And and Bully, uh, Jericho looked fantastic last night. Uh, you, know, you know, Moxley obviously is in great shape. He's lost weight. He looks great. Jericho, the same. I mean, Jericho, you know, with the Lionheart gear on and all that, I mean... With the, you know, with the with the long blonde hair, he looked he looked physically looked fantastic. Last listen, night. if you're going to break out your original gimmick or one of your original gimmicks, you better look like that original gimmick and not you know an older, heavier guy trying to stuff himself in that original gimmick. Um, I know for a fact that Jericho has been on a new regimen, a new diet, new uh, new healthy lifestyle. That's why he looks as good as he does at his age. And we saw it last night in the ring. You're obviously not going to be able to do everything as good as you did it back in the day. Because, listen, is Carl Lewis as fast today as he is or or was when he won an Olympic gold medal? Absolutely not. Age, you know, will, will slow you down a little bit. Did age slow Chris down last night in the match? A little, but not so much that he couldn't put on a fantastic match with John Moxley. And also, you know, there were the times where he looked like the old Lionheart, but that's not the way that that match was built last night. That was a good old-fashioned bloodbath that we saw in the ring last night. In the but why event. did we need a bloodbath in a wrestling match? But I don't think it was your typical wrestling match, Bully. There is there is animosity between those two and Moxley is the type of, you know, and with that CBC, it's not about, you know, having a pure wrestling match. It's about beating the ass out of somebody like the fists were flying in that match. And, and again, bully, I'm at the old school. If you're going to take off the turnbuckle, 
the top turnbuckle and you're going to and you're going to take somebody's head and slam it into the steel, you're going to get busted open. If somebody has you down on the mat and they're punching you in the face, you're going to bleed. If somebody pulls out your earring out of your ear, it's going to cause that earlobe to bleed like I don't, you know, listen, we can okay, have I'm not, I'm not, hold on. I want to bring Gabby back into the conversation. I didn't mean to cut you off, but Go I don't ahead. want to forget my point. Gabby, um, if you get an earring ripped out of your earlobe, does it bleed that much? Um, I, I would guess so. I mean, it's your cartilage. If you rip that out, that's going to be a lot of blood. I'm not, I, I've never had that happen to me before. Oh, but, and really quick, Gabby, but, but it wasn't just the pulling of, again, if you look, when he pulled off the earring, there was a little blood. But yeah. then Jericho went after that ear. Right. And that's when it really got busted open. It was bleeding. So it was. And again, and I thought good job by the commentators that they mentioned that like yeah. Regal, that Regal did an excellent job yes. of saying how much an earlobe could bleed. And I didn't know. I didn't know if that was the truth or not. That's why I asked Gabby. But I did tell I did say to myself last night. Well, even if your earlobe doesn't bleed, Regal saying it made me believe it did. So yes. I bought into Regal's lie last night. Whether it was a lie or not, I have no idea. But listen, wrestling at its core is nothing but a great big lie. Okay. Um, so great job by Regal on commentary again to make me believe and what lies in the middle of believe, L-I-E, lie, what they were talking about the earlobe. I do know this. A significant amount of people on social media believe that there is an over usage and abundance of blood in AEW right now. I'm see it's not like one tweet or two tweets. It's dozens and dozens of tweets. And I think it's probably right down the middle where people who who, who love it or who think there's too much of it. And, and and bully, that's fair enough. Like anything that's just that, an that's just an opinion thing. Anything to a certain degree, there's going to be people, and and obviously, you know, as you know, social media breeds negativity, so people are going to complain no matter what happens. Um, but at the same time, when it comes to blood, I mean, that was you know what we grew up on in pro wrestling back when I first started watching it was there was a lot of blood. The magazines, but at the right we, time. Yeah, and I, but I thought there with was the, with the right match and the right feud and the right story and the right characters. But I but I think that was an example last night. I think both matches where there was blood were matches where there should be blood. A coffin match like what we saw, and then and then what we saw in that main event between Moxley and Jericho. Now, if you want to go into other matches, then then we can dive in deep. But I'm just going back to what we saw last night. I thought that was a good use of blood in those two circumstances in the opening contest and the main event. And I want to go back to something else with Regal on commentary. It was when uh, Jericho busted his nose. Regal did an excellent job talking about, you know what? He is now at a disadvantage because when you break your nose, you can't breathe properly. This is, and he said, this is now a turning. Because at the time, if you remember, Bully, Jericho was on the offense. He was, Jericho at that time was dominating the match. And Regal said, this is going to be a significant turn in this match because once you break your nose, you're not going to be able to breathe properly. And then you saw the tie turn in the match. That's how key commentary needs to be. And I thought, I thought Regal and Taz did an excellent job of commentary last night. 
um, Taz and Regal bring a level of credibility when it comes to actually what's going on in the ring and how it affects wrestlers and what could be done. A couple of weeks ago, I tweeted about Regal. Regal said uh, just a little something. Somebody took a pile driver. Somebody took, uh, I think, a coffin pile driver and was able to kick out of it. It might have been Danielson. I don't remember exactly, but I remember was Regal said, if you notice the guy who took the pile driver turned his head a certain way, which takes the pressure off the neck and doesn't allow the the, the move to be hit at 100%. That's why he was able to kick out. I was like, wow, that's awesome. He showed me how to, de- he taught me and explained to me how to defend against the pile driver. Because, you know, in my opinion, nobody should kick out of a pile driver. It's just one of those moves you shouldn't kick out of. But he taught he taught me something. Wow. If the guy moves his head this way, it takes the impact off the neck. Thus, he might be able to give himself a chance to kick out. Last night, same thing with the blood from the ear. I was like, oh, wow. Does the ear really bleed that much? I had my ear bitten off in a street fight. My earlobe got bitten off in a street fight when I was in college, and I don't remember it bleeding that much. So that's why I was like, man, is that a little too much last night? If we were going to do it in the main event, should we have done it in the beginning? If we did it in the beginning, should we have done it in a main event? Are we relying too much on blood because we're chasing a rating or we're chasing a pop? These are all very fair discussions to have, whether it's no matter what company it's happening in. If I would have saw blood in the opening match of Raw and blood in the last match of Raw, I would have been like, hmm, which match really needed the blood? Now, to your point, well, a coffin match should have blood. I don't think a coffin match needs blood. How many times have we seen the Undertaker in a coffin match? Did it yeah, need blood? I know, but he got hit, and when somebody gets hit in the head, hit over the head with a skateboard, you know, there's you're going to get busted open, which is what that's true. And night. underneath the skateboard were tacks, tacks. So, yes. so now I get, I understand why there was blood there. Okay, did the earring really need to get ripped off in the main event? I don't know. I was actually expecting. A straight-up wrestling match. When I heard Lionheart Chris Jericho, I'm assuming straight-up match because Lionheart Chris Jericho and Blood don't go together. The Painmaker and Blood go together. Now I get it. So I, so now when I see Blood last night, and I did get a text. I got a text from a fellow wrestler, very, very well-known. As a matter of fact, if I dropped the name, you guys would be shocked. And the text read, how long until Moxley bleeds? And I laughed it off like because I said to myself, and I actually texted back, I'm like, probably not tonight because it's. I think it's going to be a straight-up match. And then when they started bleeding, all I got was an LOL. Well, I, and, and, and Bully, to your point, and I guess we have been seeing a lot of blood, especially with Moxley, that's, a, that's another discussion because then it's like, if it's too much, then when it does happen, it's not as special – and it doesn't have the mo- that the same significance. I guess you could say that about anything. If you do, the it blood turns into a super kick. Yeah, yeah, and you don't want that to happen, though. But just judging from last night, I thought a really good placement of blood. And I know with people that I talked to, they were very excited about it because it's something, especially the last you know fifteen years on TV, you just didn't see anymore. So I know there's a lot of people that are, are attracted by the blood that they're seeing on AEW. 
This is Adam Shine, host of the Adam Shine Podcast. Here to tell you, you can listen to my podcast all year round. I'll give you my NFL picks against the spread, give you fantasy advice all season long, while being joined by the best guests in all of sports. He's Aaron Rodgers of the Green Bay Packers. This is what I expect. You know, I expect to play well every year. We release episodes of the Adam Shine Podcast every week. Subscribe today wherever you stream your podcast or listen on the SXM app, included with most subscriptions. The Adam Shine Podcast. The longest field goal ever attempted is 76 yards. The longest field goal ever missed? Also 76 yards. Why bring this up? Because knowing your limits matters, both when you're kicking a field goal and when you gamble. Betting more than you're comfortable with is like trying a 70-yard field goal. It probably won't go well. So set a limit when you gamble and stick to it. Want more helpful tips like this? Go to KeepItFunOhio.com for games, quizzes, and lots of ways to keep your gambling from getting out of hand. Do you want a beautiful lawn? Enter True Green, the easiest way to get a great lawn. Just water and mow and they'll do the rest. Weed control, fertilization, aeration, and more. True Green is the official lawn care treatment provider of the PGA Tour. And they have a verified best price, which guarantees you the lowest price with no compromise on quality. You do you. Let True Green do your lawn care. Visit TrueGreen.com, T-R-U-G-R-E-E-N.com to get the best lawn at the best price with the best people. Guaranteed. With the Wells Fargo Active Cash Credit Card, you can earn unlimited 2% cash rewards on purchases you want and purchases you need. That means you earn on what you want, like trying out that new workout class, and 2% cash rewards on what you need, like a foam roller for your sore muscles. That's the beauty of the Active Cash Credit Card. It's ready when you are with unlimited 2% cash rewards. The Wells Fargo Active Cash Credit Card. That's real life ready. Terms apply. Learn more at wellsfargo.com slash active cash. The opening contest to start Dynamite last night. Tune in. What about it? <laughs> what, you, what, did you, what did you think? I liked of it. The they started the hot. Match? They started hot. I, what, what I loved most about the opening match was the finish. I love how Darby found a way to win with the choke and the way Brody fell down out of the choke and stumbled right into the coffin. It looked extremely boom. believable. And then boom, it worked. The Thor I loved on. that part of the match. Yeah. Loved the finish. I thought the match was exciting. I thought it was a great way to start. That crowd was hot. I mean, yeah. hot. They were ready. Minneapolis was on fire last night. Fizzire, brother. They really were. Yeah, they were. They were and ready. That was a great and that was a great way to start. And again, you always talk about like Kiss, like starting with Detroit Rock City. That's what they did last night. And and we talked earlier about how I felt like I missed out on something by not being in Minnesota last night for that dynamite. And one of the reasons why was how in that crowd was for that show. That show didn't give you a chance to really sit down. If you go back and watch Dynamite, the entire opening contest, the entire arena is on their feet. You know, we'll get into a little bit later on the Texas Tornado match. Again, everybody on their feet. And, of course, the main event, everybody was on their feet. It, it's it's very rare nowadays for TV wrestling. For You know, now I'm not talking about a pay-per-view, but for, like, a show like what we saw last night where the crowd is on their feet. For the entire show, that crowd almost for the entirety of that show last night was on their feet. 
It's a great time. The AEW fans show up and they want to have fun and the product delivers. Whether or not you agree with things like too much blood, not enough blood, yada, yada, all this, your sister's ass, they are there to have a good time. And as I've stated here many times, Tony Khan caters directly to his fan base and wants to make sure that his fan base goes home happy and shows up again. Those people in Minneapolis are probably uh, clamoring for another AEW event. I said what I loved about that match last night, especially the finish. There was an aspect that I did not like at all. I want to get your opinion on it. All. Well, let me let me ask you. Go ahead. Well, you stop uh, let's, me. Go ahead. No, I'm not, I don't mean to stop you, but I do want to just kind of go through the flow of the match because I do want to get to the point where go you ahead. got frustrated. So the match starts, and you talk about blood. Uh, Brody King started bleeding almost immediately. Why? Because Darby Allen used that skateboard. Again, skateboard that was, you know, full of tacks underneath. So Brody King is busted open early on in the match. Uh, any problems with, like, the blood so early on in the match? To me, when I see the blood that early on, the first thing that pops into my mind is they're trying to grab a viewer. They're trying to grab a rating right from the beginning. I would have liked to have seen maybe a build to it, but I understand why Darby went for it immediately. It's uh, very 50. It's very 50, 50 in my head. Okay. Uh, like, fair enough. If, you, if you're going to do it, I guess just do it. And they did. And they, and yeah. they went all out. Like, man, I gotta, I gotta tell you, Darby Allen is once, is one of these uh, performers that's absolutely amazing and could take punishment. Brody King was throwing him around like a rag doll, rag doll for most of that match. And I thought that was a good story going into the match because Brody King, without a doubt, has gotten the best of Darby Allen. That last match was almost like a glorified squash As between he should. those two. Yeah, because Brody King's a beast. That's why I kind of like the way that it started, Bully, because if you look at a Darby Allen and a Brody King, Brody King, as he's been doing, could break a Darby Allen. I thought that was smart to have Brody King busted open early and to give Darby a little bit of an advantage early on because I think he needs it because Brody King has gotten the best of him. By Darby Allen using that skateboard, getting Brody King to bust open early, I thought helped it with the flow and the story of the match last night. If... If, you know, I would have liked to have seen Brody King starting to slow down a little bit through the match and they could have talked about the significant amount of blood loss. That's where he was slowing down. That would have helped the story to me. I didn't really think I think I think it was blood for the sake of blood last night. I understand why it was there because because of the skateboard and the tax underneath the state skateboard. But if you really want me to understand the story of a significant amount of blood loss. Show me a guy slowing down. Show me his punches slowing down. Have commentary tell me you can see that the significant amount of blood loss is making, is causing Brody King to slow down, thus giving Darby Allen an advantage. Uh, and one thing that I was thinking about you during the match as well is when Darby did the, the frog splash onto Brody King on the table. Um, so many times in wrestling, we see somebody go through a table and immediately get back on their feet and start fighting again. Brody King did a great job of like 
just being destroyed by that table. Like he, I, I don't even think he got back on his feet because then about about ninety seconds later, the the House of Black was out there, and when the House of Black appeared, Brody was still on his knees from going through the table. So I thought that was the way that. It, Honestly, the way that it should be when you go through a table, Bully. If you get put through a table, you should be selling it as if you got put through a table by any wrestler. It's it's a huge gimmick. It's been prostituted over the years. Yeah. We've seen lots of people prostitute. Listen, we, we saw Cody take a bump from the top turnbuckle to the floor through a table, and he was up 20 seconds later. Doesn't make sense. You kill the gimmick. You should not get put through a table and then be right up. There is a spot last night in the tornado match that if we get to, I'll talk about that didn't make sense to me because somebody took a move and it just, it didn't matter. It didn't matter at, at all. But yes, that was another good thing that Brody sold the table. It started off hot. Could, could we go back and nitpick the match? Sure, but there's no reason to nitpick the match. There was an aspect of it, though, that did not make sense. Okay, well, the House of Black come out after that table spot where Brody King is laid out on the floor. The House of Black appear, uh, and then they continue to beat down uh, Darby Allen. They put, you know, actually put Darby Allen through a table. He's laid out in the middle of the ring, and... I think almost the entire arena at that point starts chanting, we want Sting, and Sting appears. What did you think of the appearance from Sting last night? I thought Sting appearing, and the way he appeared was great. I mean, when the lights came back on and I saw Buddy Murphy go towards the coffin, I kind of knew, and it's no big deal that I knew. It was still a great surprise. I was surprised. You were surprised. People were surprised. There's only one person that wasn't surprised that Sting was in the coffin. Buddy Murphy. (laughs) Exactly. How do I know Buddy Murphy wasn't surprised? Because he didn't register any type of look of surprise on his face. He just stood there. They shot it the wrong way. They should have shot it from behind the coffin. And when Buddy opened up the coffin, you should have seen a look of horror on Buddy's face, like, oh, my God, Sting is in the coffin. And then you show a, the camera angle from behind Buddy Murphy, and you show me that it's Sting. They could have presented that a lot better to the viewer. And and Buddy Murphy could have sold it. Even if he would have sold it a little better, it would have been better because he didn't sell it at all. At all. How come he didn't slam the coffin shut? How come he didn't start kicking Sting in the face? How come he didn't do anything but just stand there? And, and that's the thing. Like, I, I I just went back and watched it now. Um, with Buddy Murphy, like, the camera angle wasn't a great one because, you know, Buddy Murphy opens up the coffin. It's a wide shot. So you see Buddy Murphy's actually blocking Sting. So you don't see Sting at first. But you know it's Sting. And, and the camera shot. And Buddy Murphy kind of just, like, you know, Sting slowly gets up out of the coffin. Buddy Murphy just stands there and looks at him. You know, from from our point of view as a viewer at home, it didn't even look like he had a look of shock or surprise or he didn't even back up like, oh, shit. Like he just like you just said, bully, like literally just stood there. Probably should have done a little bit of better job of selling uh, Sting 
last night. Um, if you want to talk about selling, and I, I love the way he did it, is the interaction between Malachi Black and Sting. Like, Sting throws the bat at Malachi Black, dares him to use it. Malachi Black picks it up and chooses not to use it at all. Looks like he's about to use it and then just kind of shoes it off and shoes off Sting. There's a verbal discussion between the two and almost a little bit like what we saw later on between Moxley and Punk. You know what? Malachi Black turns his back on Sting and walks out of the ring. Interesting and intriguing What's going to happen between those two in the future? If you go back and you listen to the crowd, the ca- crowd got really silent because they were confused. They had no idea what was going on. Very confusing part of that segment last night was why it was Sting throwing the bat, Malachi not using it. Do, do I want to see Malachi versus Sting? Sure. I don't think we get enough of Malachi Black on the show as it is. Yeah, I agreed. That guy is a, uh, is a every aspect. Every aspect of his act screams superstar. I'd like to see more of him. So, yeah, him and Sting should be exciting or any kind of version of House of Black versus Sting and Darby should be exciting. But that was there was a significant lull. I found myself going, what? What are they doing? What, like, what did Sting say? Like, yeah, and it, there and there was confusing. a face off. There was a face off at the top of the entrance ramp between those two. But they only went to it quickly because. The match was still going on between Brody King and Darby Allen. So there was a lot going on in the match. But the match itself, I thought, was really good. And, Bully, you mentioned it earlier, the end of that match. Because we know all know that Brody King choked out Darby Allen just a few weeks ago, left him hanging over those ropes and just dropped him. I thought a good use of Darby Allen using Brody King's own chain to Brody's disadvantage and... You know, you talked about something that didn't go right, but something that went so right was, you know, Brody King getting ch- uh, choked out, falling off the ring apron, right into the into the casket, and the casket door closing. Yeah, I talked about it already. The way they executed the finish was went really well. Busted Open is part of the SiriusXM Sports Podcast Network. The producer is Gabby Laspisa. The associate producer is Andre Viola. Sound design by Neri Bailon. Special thanks to SiriusXM Senior Vice President of Sports Programming and Podcasting, the legendary Steve Cohen, and SiriusXM Fight Nation Program Director, Mother Marissa, Marissa Rivas. The longest field goal ever attempted is 76 yards. The longest field goal ever missed? Also 76 yards. Why bring this up? Because knowing your limits matters, both when you're kicking a field goal and when you gamble. Betting more than you're comfortable with is like trying a 70-yard field goal. It probably won't go well. So set a limit when you gamble and stick to it. Want more helpful tips like this? Go to KeepItFunOhio.com for games, quizzes, and lots of ways to keep your gambling from getting out of hand. With the Wells Fargo Active Cash Credit Card, you can earn unlimited 2% cash rewards on purchases you want and purchases you need. That means you earn on what you want, like trying out that new workout class, and 2% cash rewards on what you need, like a foam roller for your sore muscles. That's the beauty of the Active Cash Credit Card. It's ready when you are, with unlimited 2% cash rewards. The Wells Fargo Active Cash Credit Card. That's real life ready. 
Terms apply. Learn more at wellsfargo.com slash activecash.